Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everybody. Oh my gosh, today is going to be such a spicy conversation. I have Maxine here, who you guys have heard on the podcast already. She has one of the highest downloads on the podcast. I do? Yeah, didn't you know that? No, I, I or maybe you did, t- but now it's like coming, but you know, it's hard for me to keep compliments in my head or like good things. It's like I remember all the negative and keep it right there, but thank you for reminding me and everyone yeah oh that's so funny (laughs) we didn't really like meet you know plan to be like hey let's do another one this came to be because of a very triggering post for both of us so yeah it's it's from the account create the love mark groves whom i used to really love following actually and i'm kind of seeing this like new direction that he's taking that we were, we're going to talk about today about like why Maxina and I aren't like fully aligned with his message, although we understand what he's saying. And it was all sparked by this one post that I'm going to read now. It says, I'm at a point in my life where I no longer have expectations. I have requirements. Respect my time. Match my effort. Keep your word. Always be honest. Stay consistent. Those are my requirements, not expectations. Requirements. <clears throat> um. I I think that the first thing that came up for me the first time I heard it's so funny because I have a different I, since I've been sitting on it I have a different relationship to it now same yeah why don't, why don't we like go back in time yeah. yeah but going back in time I think I mean I have our conversation up here so tonight you reposted this um and I commented yeah this would be a person I'd feel unsafe with it's so interesting because as you were talking about how like you used to really identify with someone and now you're starting to see like different holes and stuff. I think that's something that I'm, and I'll probably talk about it a million times for me is like the balance of like, I feel like I go into everything just like full force. And sometimes I forget that you can be like, you can be discerning and you, you can decide like, oh, I agree with this thing this person said, and I don't agree with this thing. And that doesn't mean that I can't feel aligned with certain things. Like, it's not like an all or nothing thing. So this certainly isn't to like poo-poo this person. Um, It was more of like that idea, I think for me, I think it left no room for humanity. And how, like, what was your initial response? Yeah, there was that for sure. And also just an immense amount of sadness came up for me. Um, because I'm like, this does not come from the heart. Like this doesn't come from compassion and love. This is coming from fear of, of getting hurt. I just sense like, oh, this is someone who's boundary, like who's let their boundaries get crossed, who's been heartbroken, but there isn't real room for like, like you said, a humanity heart to heart. And just, I don't know. It's, it made me really sad. I was like, wow, it made me really sad to see all these people rooting in the comments 
I don't, I don't believe in having requirements for how someone should be. Like, I believe there's like requirements for yourself of what you allow other people. And like, you communicate with someone, Hey, this is how you want, this is how, what I would like for you to treat me. And it's an ongoing process, right? Like you're in a relationship now. How many times has your partner offended you? And you have to like, you know, revisit it every time. Sure. Yeah. And, and vice versa. And, and I think that's the scary part too, is like, if somebody's holding me to that standard, it's like, I already do as like a people pleaser, I already do that. And then if that's like put on me externally as well, it's like, I feel like it's like debilitating almost. And it also, not only does it make the person putting that out less vulnerable, I think it makes you less vulnerable to like the, the receiving end less vulnerable, like the person with the requirements is, you know, who's making the, like making these not requests, but putting down these like rules and making these requirements, you know, you can say is like not allowing for vulnerability. And then I think in themselves, and then I think in their partner as well, because then their partner is going to become this almost like, just like trying to please you. 100%. Because then it's that day or the next day, I met up with my friend who posted this, like pro this message, right? And we were just talking and like, he he was sharing about a partner that he had who wouldn't want to talk because she was scared of him. And this is the, this is what we're talking about here. That like, if you communicate to someone from a place of like, you're not being honest and this is my requirement, then that doesn't create a lot of safety. And, and like, you're not being vulnerable by saying, hey, you weren't honest and that really hurt my feelings. You're saying, hey, you're not being honest and that's wrong. And so that that's just, yeah, it's like, then it's about protection and not about connection. And it's interesting because you're protecting yourself. And when you're protecting yourself, you can't really protect your relationship, right? You can't really protect your connection. And I was thinking about that. So I, it's so funny. It just reminds me of, gosh, is you're going to have to like put like the guardrails on my brain. <laughs> but this reminds me of, do you know Liz Tran? No, I'll have to, I'll have to check it. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. She was talking about having tough conversations and she talks about this idea and there's a book on it called like Radical Candor, Candor, Candor. <laughs> and she talks about how like you kind of like when you set up the setup for a difficult conversation almost has to be that you first like like you you have to like soften first and like you have to be both like two things at the same time where it's like you have to be radically honest and like radically compassionate i think those are the the two things and that's the part of this that hearing it now hearing you read that that post now, I think, you know, maybe this person is being radically honest. Maybe could it be that we're getting hung up on the word requirements? I don't think so, but, <laughs> but it's in my nature to like get curious and kind of like try to figure out like, what is it that, you know, is this person saying this to be like, I'm fully honest and this is what I you know, this is what I expect from people. And if that's... Mm. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. I think, and, and a lot of people message me kind of coming from this place, and I, and I agree with them, but I, I have, you know, my own opinion that 
I mean, if you ask me if, if there are requirements I have, sure, I have them. Like there are things that I'm a full yes to and I'm a full no to. So those are these like internal, yeah, I guess like requirements that I have about a relationship. And at the same time, this is the, the message is directed towards someone like this person saying like, respect my time, match my effort, keep your word, always be honest, stay consistent because it's being said this way. It just kind of like, it does seem kind of more of like a wall than a boundary. Sure. Sure. I, I've been just going down this new path for myself. It's, it's been unfolding. I'm, I'm getting really clear on it, which is that, like you said, being authentic and honest isn't enough. Um, because then you start using authenticity and honesty as a way to be strong, as a way to kind of push people away without even realizing it or put people down. Sometimes it's, it's throwing, like, what's it called? Like throwing charge at someone. So it's like, there needs to be this responsibility with being authentic. And a big part of it is having an open heart and holding high regard for someone actually being vulnerable, like, like taking personal responsibility of like, how does something land for you? How does it make you feel? Show someone your anger, show someone your sadness. That's, that's the real thing. Like, it's not, I don't like your hat. It's ugly. Like, sure. That's off. That's honest. Okay. But what if it's just like, wow, your hat triggers me because my ex-boyfriend used to wear that hat and I, and I'm uncomfortable around you wearing it. You know, like that's really like the honest thing. That's that's the vulnerable thing. The thing that's about me and not about you. The thing that's about me that's on a deeper level that I'm now like giving to you. I'm like giving you insight into like a part of myself, you know, and it's I think you really like hit the nail on the head when you said like about anger and sadness. I think it's one thing to protect yourself, but it's another thing to like like making these requirements puts you in a place where you're not allowing yourself to get, you're trying to avoid getting angry or getting sad, but really I feel like it's setting you up for those things. Yes. Yes. So good. It's like, I'm. Uh. It's like that classic, like when you're, when you're trying to be more in control of something and you, you like when you feel out of control and you try to like hold on to the reins and like you get really stiff, like you get even like the more you try to control something, I th feel like the more you're reminded that you you aren't in control because the truth of the matter is that you, you aren't in control of other people. And we're like hardly in control of ourselves. Like Right. <laughs> but, but almost too in control of ourselves in the sense that like Am I allowing someone to do something like, okay, here's an example. Let's say you, in my perspective, haven't been matching my effort and I've been really angry about it and I don't say it and I've been sad and I don't say it. And then it gets to a point where I'm like, done, that's it. I'm only being in a relationship with people that match my effort. Fuck this. Yes. Right. Yes. And so it's like this people pleasing, you know, and like, anger direct like blame directed towards someone else because there is no skill of how can I allow myself to share when I'm angry when I'm upset and of course this takes a lot of skill and support from a therapist a counselor a coach whoever as as kids I think 99% of us 
cried and got angry and our parents didn't want to hear it and made us feel like we're not allowed to. So of course that's going to come up and you're, it comes up for me all the time of like, am I allowed to tell someone that I'm disappointed? Am I allowed to, you know, tell them that I'm angry and, and not feel guilty about that? Yeah. Yeah. Are you allowed to tell someone that those things without then trying to make them feel better about it, you know? And I think, I think something that when you were talking, it just reminded me that when we first were talking about this, I think for me, it brought up that like, it sounds like someone who is anxiously attached, right? Who has been in relationships where they feel like an anxious attachment to their partner. And what you were describing just now of like, you're making me upset. I'm not saying anything. You're making me upset. I'm not saying anything. I'm tolerating it. I'm doing this like I'm doing this for us. It's like this martyrdom. And then you're really in the same way of you're really not actually being vulnerable. You're not working at anything. You're not protecting the relationships. Perhaps you're protecting your the person from knowing that you're upset, but you're not protecting the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we talk enough about like how how healthy and productive it is in the relationship to get mad at each other. Sure. Sure. Like that is the healing thing. You know, it's not, there's, oh, I, there's something that I heard recently about like, oh yeah, it was in my authentic relating class. My teacher, Rael, um, he was saying about how we think if we hold things back, it's going to save the relationship, but that's actually what's um, damaging the, you know, the intimacy and connection in the relationship. And that being said, I think that, Again, as you mentioned, it takes work, whether you figure out how to do that work on your own, whether you do it with a counselor or a coach or whoever it is, it takes so much work. I think it's important to get mad. And it's also important to like value thoughtfulness over reactivity, like get mad, but understand why you're mad, you know, like not just getting mad and yelling and screaming. Yeah. What was that? Understand that that's your anger. Yes. Something that you are triggered by, like because of your perceptions, like it's yours. It's not like someone caused it to you. Right. It's yours. That person that you, you know, that behaved in a way that triggered you, perhaps, you know, there's, I'm trying to figure out my relationship to accountability in those situations. But like, I think overall, it's like understand, you know, that like anger reactivity just for the sake of like, getting something off your chest, I think can be helpful sometimes. But I think that like the important thing is to be like mad in like a thoughtful way almost. Mm. Because I think that sometimes our like the things that trigger us will like we get into our own way. And then if we're not thoughtful about it, then, you know, what's like, what's the difference of that and like setting up this boundary and requirements and yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like, when I look at this, you know, I think like respecting time is really important. Keeping the word is really important. Being honest is really important. There really is just like an energy of always be this way. And we talked also about like, honesty is different to everyone. Time, respecting time is different to everyone. Keeping word, like effort is so different. And so I'm more concerned with like the conversations around hey, what is this to you? 
Yes. You know, and, and Hey, yes. I make it mean that you don't match my effort when you don't buy me gifts in return, you know, like let's talk about that. Oh, I love that. You said that. I love that. That's like, I feel like that's like the bread and butter of communication, right? Where you're like, you're, you know, we're great communicators. And it's like, yeah, you're talking, but like, do you know what the other person is? Like, do you know what their language means? Because yeah, you can say all of these things, but like, what does that mean? Also, what does it mean that it's a requirement? Like, what do you mean by that? But, you know, I think that's such a great idea that like, also everyone is so different and everyone, I think as, you know, as we both know, like through different, like, of course there are like patterns in relationships, but I think different people will trigger different wounds in us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Some will trigger us more, some less, some will trigger like, you know, maybe like a really deep wound. Some one might be like a little more surface. So if you have like a blanket of requirements for your partner, you're not like really, again, you're not allowing to like even give them the chance to like see how they would see how they would act, what those things mean to them. Like how they understand, how do you understand honesty? How do they understand it? And how does that match up or not match up? Wow. And if you don't like allow for that, or then, then you don't actually get to know what makes the other person comfortable. That's real intimacy, you know? It also makes me think of like, like Rumi's quote, you have to break your heart open enough time. Like you have to break your heart enough time that it opens. Gosh, there could be so many. Now I'm seeing there, that there's so many different ways of looking at that because you could take being heartbroken as I liked someone and I try to make the effort for it and it didn't work. Mm. But now I'm seeing that actually breaking your heart open entails like actually letting someone see what's in your heart. It's not just like someone didn't like me, but actually like opening so that someone really sees what's in there. And I think to have real intimacy, it re- it requires going that deep. It, I think it, re- sorry, I just like, I think it requires fucking up. Like, I think you need to fuck up in relationships because even if the person is per- like, there's going to be conflict between two people. Someone will disappoint the other. Someone will fuck up at some point. It might not be like a huge, you know, dramatic thing, but like fuck ups are going to happen. And if you like, you you need to figure out how that makes you feel and how to deal with it. Like, you know, I'm sure a million relationships, you know, relational therapists and marriage and therapists will like always talk about like, it's not that not having conflict, it's figuring out how to have how to be in conflict together. I feel like that's the next big thing for everyone, you know, like, how do you fight? too much conflict to then a generation of conflict avoiders like us, you know? Sure. Yeah. So it's like, how do we have conscious conflict? And a big part, I think, is always making sure that you're on the same team. And like, personally, you know, in my teens and my early 20s, I thought everyone wasn't on my team. Like I, I was very defensive and I related to everyone like they were, like they were, what's the word? Like out to get me. I think that's, it's really important to come into a relationship with anyone being able to have the perspective of this person's on my team. This person wants me to win. We both want to win at this relationship. So talking to each other that way is really, is really big. It goes a long way. Not of like, you better not fuck up or like 
like this, but more from a loving place from, it's just like everyone will have their own interpretation, but like you think, how can I speak to this person? Like they love me and like, they care for me and like, they actually want to make this work. Then how would I say this? Right. And like, I think it's okay. And like all that being said, I think it's okay to have, you know, certain, oh God, what's the word? Like not now the only word I'm thinking of is requirements, <laughs> but I think it's okay to have certain ideas because what was that? Needs. Yeah. Needs. There <laughs> we go. To have, you have needs and I think it's okay to express them and to also even to, again, in a more vulnerable way, like contemplate and have those conversations, you know, those like reflective conversations with your uh, partner and be like, you know, not that this is my requirement for you is to be honest with me all the time. But maybe it could be something like honesty is really important to me. And, you know, we're, we'll always deal with everything. But like, I think it would really hurt me if like, I found out you were being dishonest about something like that would be really hurtful to me. You know, not saying like, that's it deal breaker. If I find out that you're being like being dishonest about something. Right. And then of course there's repetitive behavior where you could be like, okay, this has happened enough times that I'm walking away. Sure. Yeah. And again, uh, it's like, I think the thing that keeps coming back to me is just like allowing for humanity and allowing yourself to connect to someone, you know, everyone's every single person is different and has come from as like carries their own array of of wounds that they've collected throughout their lives and the more that you try to protect yourself the farther away you get from touching and healing that wound you know Gabor Mate like talks a lot about running towards the pain like not shutting off the pain this sounds like this sounds really radical, but I like going into a relationship, at least putting the intention of like, I'm going to humiliate myself. I'm going to I'm going to feel pain. I'm going to feel undesired, you know, because it's like if I don't feel these things and I can't really open myself up to to connect and be vulnerable and really be happy and OK, you know. And I think that's so realistic because there are so many like ebbs and flows in relationships where you do have those mo like if you run directly into it you expect to feel pain you expect to feel you know like you said un yeah and like undesired and all these things like i think it's natural especially as you grow and get to know someone and are in constant contact with them for those things to to go up and down and you'll discover things that you don't like and kind of make you like desire the person a little, like change your desire to them then you'll discover something that you are like oh my god that's um, that's an amazing part of our relationship and that turns me like it doesn't even have to be a sexual thing but it's like that turns me on so much about that person yeah that you're just like you're like I just like I crave this now and I think it's such like a natural part of getting to know someone's ins and outs that you're and for someone to get to know your ins and outs that they're going to be turned off by some things and then they're going to be turned on by other things. And like, I think if you don't allow for it, it's one of those things where it's like, if you shut one thing down, you shut it all down. Yeah. And then you create this expectation that we have to like everything about each other or we have to, mm. or we have to always make each other happy, <laughs> you know, gosh, I, right. so I don't know if you saw it last week on, on my social media, or I think it was actually this week. 
I shared that someone real life unfriended me. Yes. Yes. How are you? It's actually, I'm okay. This is actually very in line with this conversation. This was someone who had planned a karaoke night and apparently I skipped her song and now I actually found out it wasn't even me. I skipped her song karaoke and she left karaoke with her boyfriend crying and she was going to be on my podcast and she just declined the invitation without saying anything to me. I messaged her, she didn't answer, messaged her again, like, hey, at this point, like, I, I think something's going on, what's, what's up? And she just shared, hey, I just think that we have different values, and so it just doesn't align for me to be on this podcast anymore. Um, and I could sense that it was more than that. I, I asked if I, if I was the one that skipped her song, and she said yes. So I apologized, and I was like, you know, I would, I would be annoyed if that happened too. Is there anything I could do to repair? Like, I really care about you. And she just never answered. What do you, I'm like in my therapist chair right now. I'm like, what do you make of that? Yeah. I mean, it just, it just reminds me of, it reminds me of an old version of myself, actually. Like I, I always kind of like to analyze when a person's trustworthy or not. And if they did something, then I'd be like, that's it. You did, you did what I knew wasn't right by and I wasn't able to talk you know I wasn't it, it was like I don't know if, if I think about it in my situation it almost felt too weak to talk like it, it felt a lot safer to make a conclusion about someone and close myself off and like never talk to them again and I did that with friends I did that with partners because I also felt like I I was someone that really knew myself so I'm like I know myself I know that even if we talk, it'll make no difference. Mm, yeah, there's the control again, where you're like, oh, I know what they're going to say. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. It's like that false sense of self where you're like, I know myself. I know everything. I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care. It's like a false sense of uh, vulnerability where you're like, I can't be friends with you. We don't, we don't align. But actually, that message is kind of cryptic, like. It's not really, I just, I, I know where she's coming from in the same way that I, I know where this message is coming from, you know? So it's, it, so there was just a lot of upset about losing this friend. There was, a moment, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. There is a moment of like blaming myself and being like, oh man. But then I was like, no, tonight it's okay. Like not everyone's going to be happy with you and you have to stop buying into story that something's wrong with you. I was, I was very much talking to little Tanai who, who wasn't invited to birthday parties kind of a thing. Just being like, you're an adult now and adults don't, you know, we're, we're not always making everyone happy and, and that's okay. And you're going to be. Yeah. And like your worth and value does not decrease or increase based on like, based on like how happy you make other people. I think that's a big one. I think that's like, it's so hard. I, I know that I do that in my, I have to remind myself of that in my relationship almost every day. Because again, I'm like sensitive, emotional people pleaser. So I'm also like, con I'm like, you know, my childhood wounds leave me being like super hype, like just hyper vigilant. So I have to like, also like kind of turn off my radar some <laughs> sometimes. And also remind myself that if I am picking up on something, and this person is upset and it has to do with it. So it's like, if all of these things are true, all of these conclusions that I've jumped to are true, that's also okay. Like I'm allowed to be 
like you said, like kind of circling back to what you said, I'm allowed to be embarrassed or embarrassing or annoying or triggering or triggering or so I'm allowed to like not be like the perfect cup of tea Mm -hmm. every yeah every moment yeah so the last thing is something that I've played around with in the past few years which is I've had a couple of guys in my life that have not been interested in me the way that I've been interested in them and I've grown so much from telling them like how much that hurt or like how angry I was by the way they treated me all these things that old and I would have been like that's pathetic why would you admit that you know or like what difference will it make it's actually made all the difference yeah this is the kind of thing that could happen or or at least I do on a day-to-day scale like if if someone says something to you and it doesn't feel good share with them maybe not every single time you know because then you don't be like a nazi around this but but that's what's available to us to actually share what doesn't feel good make uh, make it uncomfortable for a moment i have a friend who he he was like sharing very vulnerably with me and i said something that was kind of a judgment towards him and he called me out on it and he was like, it did not feel good to hear this. It made me feel like I can't share with you without you wanting to coach me. Oof. And it was oh, so triggering for me, but in, in the best way possible, because it's like, it's like real, real relationships, like have this kind of feedback. Yeah. There's feedback. There's accountability. Just because you're saying noticing something that you don't like doesn't mean you don't like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a big thing. Being like, he's upset right now, and that's okay, and he still loves me, and we're still friends. Right. And like, I, I just, I can just breathe, you know. Gosh, what I was just thinking. What were you? What were we just? I just, I it was so funny. It was I like found myself in like a YouTube hole of. I don't even know. I just like, it was clickbait. And then I found myself watching this guy who makes these videos about like how women should talk to men. And it was like, so cringy. It made me feel, it made me feel so uncomfortable. But one of the things was that like, and I don't totally, like there is like a little bit of like Gottman, you know, like, you know, positive versus negative, but basically it was just like, essentially like, don't like, make sure like not to get too upset around men or like too angry or anything because like you want him to you know associate you with like a fun time you want him to associate you with ease please tell me what I want and I was just like what and because you know there's the Gottman like for anyone who doesn't know there's like the Gottman uh I think they call it like the it's like the five to one ratio where they talk about like, if you have a negative experience with your partner, on average, it takes like five positive experiences to like, kind of eat, like even that out, which makes sense. Because as you know, as like prey animals, we, you know, we focus on, you know, like our survival is to focus on the negative to, to keep ourselves safe. So, you know, unfortunately, like our emotions have not evolved past that. So I do think that there's something there, but the way that he was saying it, the way he was describing it and like attributing it to being like, men don't like this because you're going to seem this way. And again, I was just like, so that's like now put on 
the you know and this is obviously in like cisgendered very like traditional relationships but it's like so now the onus is on the woman to act a certain way bury things about herself because like the man has unconsciously decided that he associates like fear or anger or annoyance or upset with with like being unattractive and it's it was just such like an interest I don't know it was making me think of these things again of like what you allow people like what humanity you allow people to see and like who's not that it's anyone's fault there's no like fault in here but it's like somebody's uncomfortable or like what this guy was saying in this video like with the message that I was getting was like these things make men uncomfortable so women need to stop doing them and I was like well who's like whose issue is that yeah and if you think about the amount of guys that are struggling with erectile dysfunction right now because of everything that's being repressed I would say that as a woman who dates men it's actually I, what I see as my responsibility is that the more that I'm vulnerable and allow my emotions, which I feel that as a woman, I have an easier time with because of conditioning, because of culture, because of like other things, I'm giving him the space to do that. I think that's the way we can work together. Not how can I be more attractive to him, but more, and, and, and anyone really, it's like, how can I support this human? And having an easier time expressing their emotions by me expressing my emotions. Yes, I love that. Because if I'm perfect, how are you going to feel safe being imperfect? Sure. Yeah, exactly. If I'm like just pretending to be like fun and breezy all the time, first of all, that's going to suck for me. I'm going to like probably cry in like the bathroom (laughs) and start to really resent you. Yeah, exactly. What about resentment? Yeah, what about resentment? It's so funny. I like I definitely have had relationships in in the past where I've been like, tell me what you know, like tell me what you don't like about me. Tell and like you know, having my partner be like, No, you're perfect. And I'm like, no, 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 here's what I don't like of it. Like, here's what I'm not okay with. Now you tell me, and they're like, Nope, there's nothing. And I'm like, oof, oof, that scares me. Yes. Same. Oh my God. There's this one friend that I had that I could tell when he was annoyed of me and he wouldn't say it. And I'm like, tell me, tell me what's annoying about me. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I have these conversations with a friend of mine. uh, Just, you know, all of us are getting a little older, starting to get into kind of obviously like more serious uh, what we think like think or hope to be long-term relationships and we're like discussing some of our friends and something that I constantly like remind him of is I'm like everyone wants something different you know it's real or not real or or you and I don't consider it like as deep as and as intimate as we'd hope for our you know romantic relationships to be but I think there are people who want to be in a relationship just to have a body there and I don't know that it's like I wouldn't want that but I don't it's like I don't know if it's for me to to say that that's you know right or wrong or right but that's why it's so important to talk about what you're looking for in a relationship to actually normalize talking about it like as soon as possible (laughs) 
first date. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know tons of friends that have talked about this stuff first date. And 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 again, like, can we can we start interacting with each other as like the divine beings inside us, not the stories, not the trauma, not the, you know? Like stop protecting ourselves from the story we have of somebody else or stop protecting them because of their own story, you know? I think I was talking to a client about this. Um, yeah, my client who's in a relationship and she was saying how he is very sensitive to feedback. Uh -huh. So she holds back. And I'm like, you're doing a disservice to him by believing the story he has about himself. Right. You know, if he thinks he's too sensitive or he can't handle it or whatever. Like, and so you're now withholding and um, suppressing. Right. Then you're just, you're, you have him on a leash, you know, you have him in a cage he can't grow out of. Yeah. I'd also be curious to know, like, and not, again, not to put it on anyone, but the type, there's so many different types. There's so many different ways to give feedback. Yes, of course. Yeah. So is it also like letting yourself off the hook of having a tough conversation? Cause you're like, Oh, tried to give him feedback. He doesn't like it. Now I don't have to do it. And you're like, maybe you need, like, maybe there's like a, like the work that needs to be done on your end is figuring out a different way if that can be done. Yeah. Right. Cause like, it's just never a good thing to be suppressing something in a relationship or for yourself. That's the thing when, when your needs start moving to the side because you're prioritizing somebody else's. Yeah, I think that there are moments in relationships where it's okay to be autonomous in your in your inner world and like go through something and try to make sense of it yourself. Because I think that there there's sometimes like being your own person for me at least is like yeah processing it on my own, and then other times it's processing it with my partner. I think that there's room again. It's like a balance of like, is this a time where I where I'm going to do this on my own and then like just tell them about it? Or is this a time where like I'm, I'm going to need, you know, I want to do this like in a vulnerable way with this person? Yeah, I agree with that. I, um, my, my best friend and I, sometimes she's going through her own stuff and then I get in my own head of like, I don't want to bother her. I'm too much. I'm annoying. And this, the last time that I went through that, sharing that with her, actually felt very victim-y. And I'm like, no, today's not the spot with like the process with her. Actually, this is about me and, and asking myself, why do I feel like I'm an inconvenience? Like, where does that story come from? How old is this story? Because it's almost like I, if I had shared that with her this time, it, it's like I wanted her validation. You know, it, it comes from actually the same place of seeing her better than me. And wanting her to be like, oh, like, or like me too. I was like, no, this time is not about processing with her. It's actually something that I got to look at me. Right. It's almost like you're being like, hey, are you mad at me? Instead of like, and that's not actually the vulner vulnerable part. Because the vulnerable part would be like, oh, I need your reassurance right now. Like, I need your validation right now and understanding that. But yeah, it's like so manipulative sometimes when we like share something because we're like trying to bait someone into giving us validation, but we're not saying that we want validation. And then we're upset when they don't give us the uh -huh. thing. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that's such a good one. 
I've done, I've absolutely caught myself in that with my partner where I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Or like, Hey, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, he said, yeah, but he didn't tell me how much he loves me afterwards. So, and then I'm like, Oh, I didn't actually want to know if he was okay. I wanted him to, you know, wow, like reassure Damn. me of like that's my like, place in his that's heart. That's real awareness <laughs> right there. It's real. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm not, I don't always, you know, see it from above, you know, I'm still, I'm yeah, human. that's just, I'm just still so like classic to of like being getting human. upset at someone because they didn't say exactly what you wanted to say because you didn't ask for it. Right. Exactly. Oh God. Wait, I want to read you this quote because I just remembered it and you just, you reminded me. Um, it's from Albert Camus. Who's that? He's a writer or was a writer. Um, he wrote The Stranger way back, like French, I think French or Algerian writer. Okay. When I was young, I expected people to give me more than they could give never-ending friendship and constant excitement now I expect less that they can actually give to stay close silently and their feelings their friendship their noble deeds always seem like a miracle to me a true grace I like that a lot what it what it brings up for me is less is more like there's less to do I'm also kind of realizing when I was little I thought to be a really good listener I had to like say a lot or to be a good friend I had to like offer a lot, you know, and, and I'm realizing like, actually being a really good listener means sometimes not saying anything at all. Like just, just holding space and, and presence is so valuable. Yeah. I think we have a similar wound there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I always kept, I would always think about like what I can offer and I still have it a bit, but it's like, you know, what can I offer? How can I what can I like, I need to like create something to offer someone. And like, I need to say more, I need to know more, I need to like, entertain or give a give advice or do something like, create some kind of insight. And you're like, Oh, sometimes you just gotta, gotta hear someone. Yeah, which which can actually be so refreshing, because the world really is trying to just like, from all sides, right? Tell us how to think or make us feel better. Yeah. I mean, that's like what all of the, you know, all of the things that we're constantly seeing on online, right? Like there's so much. And I think that there's, it's like so easy to like tip over on that scale into like, just like being overly stimulated where it's like, there's so much good stuff. I think it's like people can really start to do a lot of work on themselves just by having like an Instagram account or a TikTok account, you know, you know, there's so much information. I, I have a client who has ADD who is like, this is perfect. Cause it's like quick TikTok with like the spark notes as opposed to like reading an Eckhart Tolle book, you know? Sure. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's good. Then at the same time, it's like, it needs to be paired with something, right? Like you can't just like read this for you know 20 seconds or watch or watch this and it's like and it's also kind of what we were saying before about like what does honesty mean to you it's like 
it's like, this is like, all of these things are great as like jumping off points, but not as like all encompassing, like this is the Bible of like your life. Yeah. And, and the truth is we need mirrors. The whole thing about feedback, the whole thing about vulnerability, sharing needs, all of that is that we get to know ourselves more in relationship. It, we, we really do. There's blind spots that we cannot see. And sometimes people see us better than we see ourselves. It's, it's, it's so funny. There's like, it's like a conundrum, right? Of like, you know yourself better. You have all the answers inside, but also in some ways people know you better or like see things that you can't see in yourself. And I think it's like, it's one of those things with every, I think everything in life, in relationships, in relation to yourself, everything's constantly a moving target. And that's terrifying to people. And I think it's terrifying, but it's also liberating because it means like if you are something you're something that you don't like right now or you're behaving in a way where you're like you can grow from it and things can move and things can change but it's like that I think the terrifying part is what you know creates that behavior that makes us say things like this is my requirement I'm not gonna you know I'm putting up this wall because it's scary to know that things are constantly moving and changing even our relationship to ourselves yeah that's that's so beautifully said everything can change in a moment that's what's actually helped me have significantly less anxiety just the fact that i'm like i get overwhelmed by the idea of what's gonna how will i get there in the next three months but then it's like then i think about how things transform in my life and it just takes one moment it takes one conversation one meeting, one epiphany. And that, that that's so freeing to remember, like, oh, that moment will come. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is the moment that changed it all. So yeah, the fact that life can change so quickly is actually comforting. And I'm sure really scary for people who aren't, you know, welcoming of that. Sure. Yeah. And that's like, I feel like that is where fear of life, fear of commitment, fear of all these things come from, you know, I feel like our fears really come from the unknowns and like, and not running towards and, you know, I feel like it's one of those things, like the less you look at it, the, the actually, the more it affects you. Yes, totally. Last thing that I want to mention, that's actually something that I'm going through still I think you can relate to this from what you shared earlier is that sometimes I can't believe my brain about how villainous or like um, evil. I don't know. Those are strong words, but like sometimes my brain will go so strongly into defense mode that I see someone and I'm like, they're out to get me. They're going to fuck me over. I, they're going to betray me. Like everything they do suddenly is painted with black like yeah it's insane it's actually like reality shifting how much my nervous system can make me believe that someone isn't safe i literally did this with my partner i'm gonna cry right now because i'm just like realizing exactly what i did and i think it's the first time i've said it to another person i did this to my partner like two weeks ago you know it started out now that i can look back at it it started out as something that I was not honest about what my needs were. You know, it was one of those things where like a, 
hey, are you, um, you know, are you doing this thing? What are you doing? Like, like I was asking him questions instead of telling him I need to know this or I'm feeling this way. And what it spiraled into was me just like, we couldn't do anything without me like second guessing his intentions. And all of a sudden I was seeing him as like this version of him that I, that I made up and like what you're saying, like a villain. And it was so wild. Cause it's like, I know that he isn't, I feel, but there was like something inside of me that was triggered and it wasn't just triggered. It was like, it was like, Oh, now you are out to get me. Right. Yeah. And he was so confused. I need to protect myself. You are, you are like trying to hurt me. And that like set us up for a really like difficult, like we had a lot of discussions and we're okay now. But I think it, what I'm realizing after you said that was that I was doing that thing where I was just like, you're out to get me. You're my enemy. And it was like me falling back into a pattern where I, I have dated people who were, you know, really bad to me and not to overuse it but toxic and and manipulative and and were hurting me and all of a sudden like I fell back into this and it was like there was a veil in front of me and I like couldn't actually see him I was just seeing like my past experiences you know and those past experiences were putting this veil over like what our relationship actually is. And it was like, I couldn't feel or like see our relationship for what it was. I like couldn't feel safe. I couldn't feel happy. I couldn't even like put myself back and be like, okay, wait, what are like the tenants? What's the foundation of like what we've built together? And it was just like, this person's evil and he's he's out to get me. If not right now, he's building a case to, to, to like take me yeah. down. It's honestly, it's, paranoia it's like schizophrenia paranoia like it's like we all have elements of like these right like mental conditions that are like you know send yes. people to like hospitals wow but yes. you know it's it's wild hearing you put that into words because i can so relate and the crazy thing about what happens to me is that i, I have no idea what to trace it back to like you can be like i'm projecting old relationships but in my case like I, I don't like, you know, I have like trauma from the womb and like trauma from my first years of, you know, my early, early years. So like, is it that? Like, I don't know. But what I will tell you is like from my first ever relationship, I, I suddenly get into a reality distortion where this person is completely unsafe. I start panicking. I start having anxiety and, and I, I'm suddenly yeah, live, it's just I, I can't see the the reality anymore. It's it's, but I but I wanted to share that because no, yeah, I, I just I want I want to share that so people know not to trust that part, but also that that's why it can be so hard to do this kind of work because it's it feels so real. I guess that's what we were talking about, like when I was saying like it's a moving target, right? Cause it's like, I've been doing so much work. This is definitely the healthiest relationship I've been in. And yet, you know, there are these moments where you're trying to protect yourself uh, and, and something kicks in and it's trying to protect you against a, a threat that's not 
not pre- like not present in in the in the present. That's what I was going to ask you. It's like I think something that could be helpful for you to think is like what you're protecting yourself from or or maybe what you've had to protect yourself from at some point or someone it couldn't you know, I think that's something that we sometimes overlook and I don't know if you have experience with this, but I think sometimes we take on other people's trauma. So it's not necessarily something that happened to you, but maybe something that happened to someone who's close to you or something that you saw. Or something that happened to my mom, my grandma, my great grandma, like you're always observing, you know, where it's like a, like a generational trauma or something that you observed from your mom or your parents where you're like, I'm going to protect myself from this thing. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I will share that I I recently had an experience and actually I've had a couple of experiences where I actually have watched that like that distortion like fall away by just expressing myself, which is why I'm so strongly like a believer of expressing yourself because I was just in a situation where someone said something that really triggered me. I was so scared of them. You know, I was like, oh my God, this person is scary and bad. They're going to hurt me. And I actually expressed that to this person. And in that moment, like they became human again. It was like monster back to human, you know? Wow. I I don't have like the full 100% kind of answer to why this happens to me, but at least I'm starting to learn how to, you know, how to get out of it. And like how to bring the human back in front of my eyes and not scared or not need to run away yeah and I think that you you don't always have to have the and I think it's very rare that we have the 100% answer it's just like the the insight work the you know the figuring out the trauma and the wounds it's it's all hypothesis and it's all you know just like working theories to try to understand yourself better but it's never going to be 100% very true yeah yeah, that's the thing about like when we explain why we are the way we are, it's like we don't really know. No. No. Yeah, it's so funny like when when I talk to people about like people are like how do you even start with therapy? Like like what do I how am I going to tell my therapist everything about me? I was like, "Whoa. You even if you like you can't. I'm so sorry. Like I don't want to tell people what they can and can't do, but you cannot. You are incapable. No one is capable of this." Like Wow, that's such a good point. Don't even put that pressure on yourself. Like you can't tell your therapist everything about yourself. You don't even know. You don't know. I'm doing all this body work right now. And so many emotions are coming out and I'm getting to know myself all over again. Like, wow, it's it's incredible. What's your experience with body work been like? Really painful. I mean, I have a lot of tension in my body and I'm learning all the emotions that needed to be expressed. But I'll share one thing that's been really interesting, which is that I my reaction to pain, even if it was like back pain, um, acupuncture was getting really furious, getting angry about the pain, getting angry at the person creating the pain. And I just I've been working with a body worker here in Mexico City who goes all the way deep, like you're screaming, please stop and he's not going to. And that led to me, you know, crying and screaming a lot for days. And the next time that I went to him, which was yesterday, I wasn't angry about the pain at all. 
it's almost like my body was trying to protect me from feeling all the grief. So anger was like, no, don't make me feel this. But now that I felt it, there's, you know, there's, there's just not, not, yeah, there just isn't that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel pain, but there isn't this strong kind of resistance to it anymore. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, the mind body connection. I will say that there, like on the heels of what, of, you know, you doing body work. And I think that there's also definitely a need for, you know, there's always work to do and then the need to put down the work and focus on your body, focus on like presence and being in the world and not digging. Yeah. I, I actually, this is like a really beautiful way of ending this. I just heard this sort of video that says like, if you're still alive, there's more work to do. And also like we're expanding on such a rapid level that you don't have to go digging anymore because the, the higher you go in your frequency, the more the old shit needs to come up to get to like let go of it. So you don't have to dig for it anymore. Like it's going to come up. You just focus on like being you focus on your pleasure, meditate, enjoy your relationships. Stuff is going to come up. And when it does, you'll you'll be able to handle it. Get support. That is a beautiful way of ending it because that is such a humanistic, like human-centered way of understanding yourself and understanding people, which is kind of like a big contrast to how we, to like the quote, which we started this on. So true. Yeah. It's like those old wounds are going to come up in your relationship. Let them come up for air to breathe. Yeah. Air them out. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise they're going to get all musty and grow mold and like new weird, like, like uh, other wounds are going to grow from that wound. And yeah. yeah. And then you're going to need. There's a, there's a metaphor there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. This was, of course, so lovely as expected. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're so easy to talk to and have so much insight. Goodness, I feel the same way about you. I love doing this with you. Thank you. Till next time. And please, please share with us, everyone, what you think, because this one is like a controversial a little, you know? So share with us what you think. And if you have any questions or different thoughts, we're, we're open to, to discussing. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.